Hey guys, welcome to the Bird Brain Podcast, where the goal is to rise above it all, stay elevated, create that infinity, and up your you. I'm your host, Isaiah, and I'm continuing with this marathon of the amazing hummingbirds, people in my life that I'm grateful to know. And uh, I'm excited about today's conversation because it's my big brother, Kaz, my big brother, Kazi, um, an amazing human, very hard worker, an advocate, uh, amazing actor. And another badass <laughs> that I'm grateful to know and grateful to have in my life. And um, I'll just let him give you guys a lay of the land in terms of his journey and um, just the awesome things he's been doing and collecting along the way. And yeah, if you like what you're listening to, as always, head on over to iTunes, uh, su- subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review because it goes a long way and it helps the podcast out in a big way. Um, if you want to support the podcast, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast, where you can become a patron. Um, and there are cool perks for you in the process. Also, if you want to get some bird brain merch, head on over to the bird brain store. All those links are in the bio. You can follow the bird brain podcast on Instagram and on the Twitters and yeah, just stay up to date and keep in touch. So yeah, with that being said, stay tuned. Rise above it all. Stay elevated. That infinity of your you, of your you. What's goody? Happy Thursday. <laughs> I'm really trying to keep up with these days of the week. But um, yes, today is a pretty cool day. I get to sit down with my my big brother, my big brother, Kazi. Uh, Kazi's an actor. He's a train fighter, um, an advocate amongst so many other things. This dude, he's he's one of the hardest people, hardest working people I know. And also has one of the biggest hearts that I know. Um, so yeah, he's a good dude. He's he's awesome. I'm grateful to call him a friend and big brother, but also um, just a partner in crime in terms of somebody I get to make magic with throughout this process. So uh, yeah, without further ado, Kazi, what's good, man? What's up, dude? How are you? <laughs> I can't relate. I'm looking out my window and all I see is uh sun and smog. You know how LA is. But uh well, they say they say the sun uh the smog is the reason you have such beautiful sunsets in Los Angeles. Just look at that. Finding balance, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude. So yeah, let's uh tell the listeners a little bit about you before I brag about you. I want you to kind of like you know, just give give a little bit of background of who you are, and um, I'll fill in this the the gaps because I'm sure there's going to be a lot that you decide to not say. Well, I guess in a nutshell, um, I was a former entrepreneur in the in the restaurant business. I owned a 24 hour diner for about four and a half years before I ventured into acting. Um, my run in the restaurant industry came to an unfortunate. An unfortunate and 
due to, to a dispute with my landlord. Um, so I had to close the place down. But in that uh, moment of, uh, I guess you should say, it was a failure because I had to close the place. But in that moment of failure, it kind of brought me to a crossroads um, and forced me into a decision about what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, you know, mm-hmm. going the safe route or uh, pursuing my, my dream, which was getting into the film business. And uh, I decided with the, uh, the latter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, or is it the former? I always get confused with latter and former, but I decided to follow my dream and go after acting. <laughs> That's what I decided. The latter. I think it's, I always think, I think it's the latter. It's something like that. Yeah, the former. You know, I think I probably had it right. And then I just, I second guess. See what happens when you second guess your decisions? You sound like an idiot. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that, bro. (laughs) Conviction, man. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. So, uh, you know, since, since I went back to school for acting in 2009, Mm -hmm. it's been, uh, it's been a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, it's been a, a steady climb up the uh, entertainment layer cake. Of course. I, of course. I have. Uh, I really have no regrets about any any decision that I made um, in uh, you know 2009 and onwards. So nice. Uh, I'm a, a definitely a proponent of of not only you know getting an education in the area that you want to um, excel in, but also of really expanding your knowledge of your area of expertise. And in my case for, you know, the entertainment world and acting, I got into writing and I got into filmmaking and producing and all those different little avenues that you would need to know to be able to make your own content. So I'm definitely a proponent of, trying to control as many aspects of your career as you can making your own damn magic yes i'm yes. here for you know, you, you would know something about that i think zafris you think so yeah i think you would i you think, think so. you would <laughs> it sounds familiar i think um, it does sound familiar it, it does it i i think i could lean into that a little bit so like i told you guys i knew kazi would leave a lot of things out um kazi i hope i'm not cutting you off by the way um yeah, Kazi, Kazi is very humble and very modest, but uh, just to give you guys a little tidbit. So I when I had my sister on earlier this week, um, you know, she told you that she was uh, first female black belt in our dojo uh, at a very young age. And she was even my sensei. Um, I have a lot of fighters in my life. Um, one way or another, I I tend to be in a circle of fighters and it doesn't always mean it's literal, but just people that work hard and fight hard in life for themselves and for others. Kazi's no different. So Kazi is a professional um, trained boxer, and uh, he's also. I got to correct you. I I, um, I didn't fight professionally. I fought in the in the Golden Gloves. So I was an amateur. Oh, amateur. amateur. Okay. So excuse yeah. me. So amateur, but nonetheless a trained fighter. Um. Yeah. And when Kazi's not in the ring, he's also fighting for, again, others. So he is a big advocate for uh, lupus awareness and the amazing thing. So Kazi and I, we became buddies because we, we had the same uh, representation. And I ended up 
like he ended up having me on board for one of his projects uh, called Stand and Eight that you guys could check out. It's on it's on Prime, right, guys? It's on Amazon. Yep. It's yep. on Amazon. Okay. To rent to to rent or to purchase. There you go. So Stand and Eight to rent or to purchase, and Stand and Eight, I feel like brings both of Kazi's worlds together because it's about a fighter that um, has lupus, you know, and it goes through his journey. And, um, you know, the way Kazi did it is such an amazing way. And Kazi, you could go into this or or not, but like he, uh, Kazi made a way to paint a story and make make his own magic in terms of uh, bringing his, his world, his personal world into a space that obviously like, registered with so many other people around the world around the globe literally but um just also raised awareness i think which is which is pretty awesome and pretty commendable and um i think brave too because you know a lot of times we we go through this world and you know the the image we portray and display to the masses can shadow like our experiences at home and you know, I think for Kazi, you know, he has a very interesting story. Uh, yeah, so Kazi, you could go into that a little bit, or you can, you know, shall I wear it? it's up, it's up to you. But like, well, um, you know, my my step into like, you know, raising awareness really began because my mother has lupus. Uh, she's she's been fighting lupus since before I was born. Mm. Uh, my earliest memory from childhood is asking where asking my father uh where my mother was i was i was two years old and i remember you know standing like looking up at my six foot four father because i would have been like what like a foot and a half tall or two i don't know yeah two oh maybe you know looking up at him and asking where my mother was yeah and um she was in the hospital and uh the doctors told her that she was going to die Mm. Then, when 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 I was two, the the doctors told her you're you are going to die. Your body is shutting down, and you're going to die. Wow. But uh, you know, she she told me that all she could think of was what's going to happen to my son and who's going to take care of him. Right. And she she pulled through. Uh, proved the doctors wrong. That's it. And I. I had a mother who really didn't put on that she was sick. Uh, the hospital visits and the doctor's visits and the tests and all that seemed to be my normal, right? My family's normal. Mm-hmm. And when you have a, a, a certain like lifestyle yeah. in your family, you just kind of assume that that's just the norm. How people, yeah, that's the norm. That's just how things go. Right. Uh, so when I was eight, she ended up hospitalized again uh, and put on chemotherapy, which at that time was a experimental treatment for lupus. She was one of the first patients to get chemo. Wow. Okay. To treat um, and actually, before I continue, I should just tell your listeners what lupus is in case they don't know. Yes, please. Uh, they, they probably have only heard uh, Selena Gomez was diagnosed with it and that she had to get a kidney transplant because of it, but they probably don't actually know the effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, lupus, lupus is a autoimmune disease wherein the body's immune system, so 
the, the, the system in your body that's designed to protect you from bacteria and viruses and outside invaders actually turns on your own body and starts attacking healthy organs and tissues. Yeah. So it's, it's an autoimmune disease. So, uh, it can, it can basically affect any part of your body. It can go after your skin. There's different types of, of lupus. Uh, some like a seal has those scars on his face. That's because he has lupus. Yeah. Discoid lupus, which attacks the skin, but then there's systemic lupus, which can attack, you know, your organs, your heart, your kidneys, uh, your brain. And depending on the severity of it and the treatment of it, it can still be fatal. Right. I, I've unfortunately had Instagram followers who have passed, uh, you know, because I've, I've, um, a pretty solid, uh, following from people with lupus and, uh, it's been, it's been pretty heartbreaking to see those who, who suffer and then we lose them. Yeah. Uh, so lupus is one of those diseases where a lot of people might've heard. Um, I think right now, statistically like 60 to 70% of young people like under you know, 30 have not heard of lupus. Yeah. Um, which is, is still pretty striking. Uh, it's a pretty striking number considering it affects uh, so millions of people uh, around the globe. Uh, conservatively, they say about 1.5 million in the United States, but on average, it takes six years to get diagnosed. So I would say that 1.5 is very, very conservative because there's a lot of people out there who have who don't even know what's wrong with them at this, at this point in time. They're like, I'm I'm off, I'm fatigued. I'm whatever. Um, you know, symptoms vary from, you know, chronic fatigue to arthritic type symptoms with joint pain or whatever. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those weird diseases where no two cases are the same. Right. Um, luckily there've been some really big advances over the, the last couple of years. There's, uh, um, a company called Exogen that developed a uh, uh, like a standalone test for lupus, the first of its kind, where mm-hmm. they can tell you not only whether you have lupus or not, but how active it is in your system, uh, which is I think is a really important uh, advancement uh, advancement when it comes to testing for lupus. Yeah, but I've I've seen through my own mother's journey and other people's journeys that there really is a lack of awareness in not only American society, but across the world. Yeah. And that was kind of what standing eight was, a uh, was born as just a way to, you know, get my production team together and create a project that, that just carried some meaning that had some meaning for some people because you've never seen very, very, very infrequently. Have you seen, uh, a character in a film have lupus. I don't think I've ever seen a film character referenced with lupus, but I have seen some characters on television. Yeah. Uh, this is referenced. Um, but again, it's very infrequent. So when we decided, when we wrote standing eight a few years ago, um, it was really just kind of a way to give back to my mother. And as time went on and we, we finished shooting and we went into post-production and then, went into our festival run, I really started to see that the movie had a really offered, uh, I don't know as, as much as hope, but just like reassurance 
to people who have lupus that there is a voice out there for them and exactly that they are being, that they are being represented yeah yeah um, I did as I as as when I write I I write for myself so I write scripts for myself as the lead that's just how I roll uh, I, wrote, I, I, I mean, you know, if I'm going to put the effort in, I'm going to put the effort in. Hell yeah, dude. Like create your own vehicle. Like Absolutely. You, your own podcast. you didn't create a podcast for somebody else so they can stunt. No, you did it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote myself as the lead Dusty Abrams. Uh, and only about 10% of lupus cases are males. Uh, it mostly affects minority uh, women. Mm, okay. So, ironically, I wrote a story about the minority of a minority. So, yeah, know, wow, right? Because men are the minority of lupus uh, sufferers, and it was just, uh, it just, I think it really, you know, it it was is one of those things that came together really beautifully. I'm really, really proud of the project. We actually had two versions. We had our festival release version. And then once I got in touch with the Lupus, uh, the Lupus Foundation of America, got in touch with me after the Equalizer 2 premiere where I wore a Lupus awareness pin on the red carpet. Yeah. Uh, and, and they wanted to promote the film, which spurred, which spurred me into doing a recut of the movie. Um, and being able to involve even even more people that I knew were incredibly talented and giving, like Jace Harley, who, mm-hmm. who who's a hip hop artist who came in and, and and gave me some scored elements and let me use a bunch of his music. Yeah, shout uh, out to Jace. Yeah, definitely big shout out to Jace. Check him out, Jace Harley. Uh, he's incredibly talented. Um, infamous because uh, Childish Gambino. Uh, Seems to have uh, taken one of his songs. A little uh, sample. But, yeah, you know, just yeah, if you listen to it, and yeah. you're like, oh, well, I know where he got that from. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, I would, I would just, you know, tell your listeners do do their own research into Absolutely. that. Um, but Jace is incredibly talented and underrated, and I think he his music just added another layer to the film. And, um, it was it was just really. Uh, a piece that once we did, you know, once we had the recut and the, the Lupus Foundation got behind it and they promoted it and used it as a tool for themselves to, you know, help raise awareness. And they held it, you know, they held an event for us in Hollywood at Arclight as a premiere, but, you know, also all the different support groups that screened the movie. Yeah. Uh, it really, it really found its home with the community. And I'm really, really, really honored that that's how the film is being used. So, it's it's one of those things where you kind of maybe you know your initial um, step out isn't isn't one of having all these expectations. You just want to do something good, yes. and then actually kind of you know catches on a bit and and starts to uh, to to actually serve the the purpose of which you really had dreamed it would. Yeah. So I I can't really you know, emphasize enough how important I think it is for people to develop their own content, uh, especially, you know, actors, our acting brethren, mm-hmm. uh, our, our writing brethren, right? Our, our, our directing brethren, everyone involved 
in the film industry that's trying to make their way up. You know, they have to fight through the indie scene and audition for roles and do all these types of things. I just say, make something for yourself because you have no idea where it'll take you. Amen, dude. I think um, that's what I've been like. I've I've been sitting on that because that's that's one of the things I wanted to say is like, you know, I think when you are like you said, when you're making something for yourself and you're you're doing it from a place of authenticity, I think one way or another, it just kind of like things collide. And like you said, without any expectations, it becomes something more than you imagine. And it's kind of, you know, you always hear the right place at the right time, so to speak. But sometimes it's like you're just the right person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're the person to do something that creates the ripple effect and all you're doing is just being you all you're doing is is um you know using your story and your uniqueness um to to paint a picture you know to express yourself as 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 artists do um funny thing too because you mentioned two you know two years old you're a member at two i was talking to my buddy ian yesterday he was on uh yesterday's episode um and he mentioned Two, like his 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 uh his first memory was at the age of two. I mentioned my first memory was at the age of two. So I don't know what it is about being two, but he was like he was standing at the top of the stairs talking to his dad. And when you said that, I was like, that's kind of crazy. But um, yeah, I think there's there's just a lot to 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 say about someone who you made the choice to share your experiences, um, and your struggles. And in that, you know, like you said, it's, it's sometimes people just want to know that they exist and know that they're seen and that and enough can create a whole different narrative for people in their lives. And I think as actors and Kazi, you know, you know, sometimes you watch TV, um, you don't really see a representation of who you are. And I don't care like in, in what capacity, but you don't always see, you know, me speaking for myself too, it's like you don't always see someone who fits the mold of who you are. And you don't really have a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't really have a reference point. So therefore you don't have um, a clear identity always because it's like, well, I have nothing to necessarily go off of, you know, besides the mirror. So it is cool um, to just always see something that you can align with or relate to because it lets you know that, oh, okay, this exists in the world. And like you said with lupus, I didn't know much about lupus. The only time I heard <laughs> heard lupus was like, I think I was watching America's Next Top Model, don't judge me, like years ago with my mom. And there was this one contestant on there. She had lupus. I think her name was Mercedes or something like that. But she had lupus. I had no idea what lupus was, never heard of it before. I just knew that she had it and she kind of explained it, but it didn't register to me. I was like, I don't, I don't really know what lupus is. And it's like, fast forward to now, I've learned more about lupus throughout this process with you guys than I've known about it at all. And, you know, like you said, as many people as it affects, you think there would be more awareness to it, but you deciding, Hey, I'm going to create a story and, you know, create this for myself, but in creating something for yourself, you kind of created a space for other people. And, um, I think that's something again, that's just dope, awesome, commendable, and, um, sincere and heartfelt. Um, 
you know, and having a heart of gold. <laughs> you also, <laughs> so Kazi was also in um, The Equalizer and John Wick. And, um, you know, he, he, <laughs> he gets to play the bad guy a lot of times, but uh, in, in the personal, in the personal life, you know, he's one of those people that just looks out and, you know, he's been a pioneer for me too, in terms of like, just doing your own thing. You know, that's, that's how things happen is when you do you. And, uh, you know, I, I always have him in my head in one way or another, even if it's not on a phone call, you know, I get to talk to him and just, uh, bounce things off. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's an advocate for me and just somebody that like pushes me in one way or another. Like I said, I have fighters all around me and it's like, I realize I say I have fighters all around me and it's like, I'm a fighter, but it's like my reference point are the fighters in my life, um, one way or another, all fighters and not just fighting for themselves, but fighting for other people. And, uh, you know, Kazi does that well. Um, and it's cool, you know, cause is, is, I tell you, I'm proud of you a lot and you're like, ah, oh, shucks, whatever the case may be. But like, I hope you do realize like how inspiring you are and how, how much your work matters, not just in, you know, one medium, but I think just how you show up as an individual by choice, you know, by choice, it's who you are, it's your character, but still you making a choice to open that space for other people. I, I hope you realize it's like a big deal. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I just try to do what makes sense. <laughs> you're not trying. You're doing that. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't ever. You know, I just as as a as an entertainer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I have the opportunity to be listened to, maybe slightly more than the average person. Right. Uh, to be attention to a little bit more than the average person and if i can use that additional weight that my name carries to leave a a positive lasting impression on the world then that's what i'll do there you go any 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 type of label of this kind of person this kind of person you know like it's to me that doesn't that 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 doesn't matter you know what, what what matters is you know how you Words, words are, are, are nice and all, but yeah. what are your actions, you know, what are your actions, you know, your, your actions define you. Absolutely. And, uh, hopefully in this short while that we are strolling around this earth, that we're able to kind of cut our way through all the noise and, uh, find the slot where we can do some good Yep. and apply our talents to do so. There you go. Simple math, man. <laughs> Simple math. With with that being said, like I know the world has been like kind of crazy for a lot of people and then everybody's had their own, you know, experiences throughout this year. Um, and granted, this podcast is always about like mental health and like finding ways to be better and just treat yourself better. How have you been taking care of your mental health uh, this year? You know, I am. A, I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and I've. I've maintained uh, a strong relationship with God throughout Absolutely. all this. Yep. Um, and put my faith in Him. Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, some things are very unsettling. And again, it's it's about quieting the noise and trying to 
communicate directly with the highest power in their universe and, and follow his guidance. And I know that, you know, some people aren't spiritual or whatever. Um, right. And, you know, to each, to each their own. Right. I know that in my life, I've seen a lot of positive aspects and I've seen, I've actually witnessed and experienced prayers answered. Uh, and things that just can't be explained by science. So God bless you if you don't, believe in anything but i do right and I, i've seen the effects in my life and other people around me and uh th that's the that's the clear message to me so throughout this really 2020 turned out to be an insane year uh i've continued to to work out as much as i can clearly can't go to the gym but yeah i've i've done a few rewrites of some screenplays i've tried to maintain productivity Mm -hmm. as much as I can, you know, uh, staying healthy, eating healthy. I didn't, I did digress a little bit with, with a little bit of, of other junk food there. Baron uh, pizza. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just, it happens. These things happen, but, uh, I've tried to be consistent and I actually managed to lose weight during COVID. Yes. Um, which I think a lot of people put on a few, but again, it's just what your, your priorities are in our industry, you know, really just shut down for a solid six seven months yeah man. Uh, and it, it, it was stressful and battling through the unemployment line and trying to figure out you know where <laughs> where our support was going to be coming from and whatnot um you know thankfully i was i was able to navigate all those and i i feel very blessed that i was able to do so and uh i've i've just taken everything in stride as much as i can and, and tried not to stress yeah. And I think it, it really just, it has to do with your mind state. You know, I think, I think we're in, we're in a place where if you expect negative, you get negative. If you expect positive, you get positive. It's like you find the things that you're looking for. Absolutely. So, you know, what are you looking for in your life? Are yeah. you looking for positive outcomes in your life? Or are you looking for negative outcomes? And I've really committed to myself to look for positive outcomes and it doesn't mean that negative things don't happen negative things absolutely do happen right horrible horrible things happen um but it's it's things that are out of your control and what you do control is your reactions and Amen. I've, I've tried to stay as even keel as i can kept my faith in god and kept myself as busy as possible and thankfully you know i just i just uh i was able to work on a couple of projects uh, I didn't think that I'd be able to get into anything <laughs> this year at all. I kind of wrote the industry off, but yeah. ended up getting cast, getting cast in a couple of projects, and I, I had a great time. And uh, I'm really, really fortunate to have been able to work during a pandemic. But I think the film industry is really showing its strength by creating systems in which they can continue to create their own, you know, create content. Yep. By keeping by COVID testing and keeping people safe and social distancing and still being able to get movies done. So my, my hat goes off to, you know, those in Hollywood that are making this happen and making it, helping the industry move forward safely. There you go. And you're a part of the puzzle. How does that feel? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, man, I'm, 
I'm, I'm an actor. They just call you and say, hey, we want you to play this part. And you're like, all right, cool. I'll go do it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, not much, there's not much say that you can have as far as like showing up on set and be like, hey, guys, I think we need to do a little more social distancing here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They're like, yo, who's, who's the guy in the, in the half trailer talking right, right. now? Tell right. Like was this uh was this script sanitized? I don't I don't do unsanitized scripts. That's just yeah. not how I roll, bro. <laughs> Dude. Uh, to be honest, you know, both productions that I worked on were very safe. I was a little concerned at first, but then once I got in there and I realized how, you know, everyone was being tested so regularly and mm-hmm. uh you know, I really I just really felt blessed to be able to be involved in anything uh shooting now. So are those again, I, Huh? I was going to say, are the, are you allowed to say what those projects are and when people can look well, forward to them or uh, what's the deal? I think, I think, uh, uh, I can't talk about the first one, but the second one, um, is, uh, <laughs> the TV equalizer, equalizer for CBS. Come so, on now. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, look for me in the pilot. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. <laughs> a really fun handoff being that i was you know one of the one of the main bad guys in equalizer 2 and then yeah you'll see me playing a different character but um you know i think it's it, it was a really great experience working with that crew uh at, at cbs i had a i really i honestly i had a really really good time uh working sure. out the project. and not just because it was like a pandemic it's just you know people the people that you work with right yes and stunt team was fantastic um you know queen latifah yep shout out jersey amazing yeah. amazing amazing human amazing talent um just uh i'm i'm, I'm excited to see how how things turn out but uh, nice. i had a really yeah i had a really really good time working on that um That's and it's nice. premiering on super bowl night after the super bowl february 7th i think 7th is okay somewhere right there but uh, yeah, that was a it was a good good time, good time. Nice. Uh, and, I, and I've been I've been I look at I look at like you know these mainstream projects that I've had, and I've you know I've I've been able to work with really high caliber talent. That when I was a, when when like you know fifteen years ago, if someone would be like, hey, you know you're gonna be you're gonna be working with so and so one day. They're like, "Hey, you're gonna, you know, Denzel's gonna cut you into pieces in a movie." You're yeah. Like, yeah, right. Sure, you know? Jan. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. You know, you're in college. Or like, well, really? That's gonna happen? Or they're gonna be like, you know, you're gonna be, you know, uh, verbally sparring with Queen Latifah, or you're gonna, you're gonna sit there and and watch Eddie Murphy sing the Dolomite song. And, yes, you're in Dolomite. I forgot. Yeah, you're also yeah, in Dolomite. Yeah, yeah Dolomite. Dolomite is my name. Yeah. Or, or you're going to get shot in the neck by uh, Keanu uh, Reeves. Reeves. Jeez. Uh, it's just been, it's just been a, it's been a wild ride, and I, I'm, I'm really, really grateful to, to be a working actor, mm-hmm. and, and to be able to consider acting as my actual career. You know, it's not, it's not a hobby. It's not, it's not something that uh, I, and I never considered it one. Yeah. I yeah. never, I, for me, when, when I went back to school for acting, it was a commitment. You know, I know a lot of people, it's kind of like a social experiment. It would be fun. It would be this, but for me, it yeah. was, it, it was like either I'm, I'm going to be an actor or I'm not. I was like, that's going to be, those are my two options. Simple uh, math. It, it's kind of, 
it's that it's that idea of when you go to war, you burn your own boats behind you because if you're going to go home, you're going to go home in the other guy's boats. Damn, I like that. I like that, bro. I'm going to start using that. Like, look, I'm going home in your boat, so I burnt my boat. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good. there's something there's something to be said when, and this is this applies to everything. This doesn't just apply to my industry and, or, or, or anything, but like when you make a firm commitment where it's like there is no plan B. Yeah. Yeah. There is no plan B. I'm, this isn't, you know, to me, whatever that, whatever that takes, you know, there's going to, there's nothing, nothing worthwhile is easy. So you just have to commit to it. Come on now. Absolutely. And I think especially, and everybody's, the, the thing is that, right. Everybody has like a different life journey. Like your, your life journey is different than mine. And then our, our homeboy Freddie has a different life journey. We all, we all go through, we're all in the same industry, but we're all doing, you know, we're, we all have different hurdles that we have to overcome and we all have different journeys that we take. Right. But the, the thing about it is that like, the thing that is is meaningful to you, right? It's almost like a test. It's almost like God puts you to the test. Like, how much do you want it? Yes, right? exactly. Uh, the day that I found out I was going to be cast in Equalizer 2, mm-hmm. I felt I was literally going to have a mental breakdown. My, my best friend's father had just died the week previously, like one week prior. Right. It was, I was stuck at my day job because I couldn't, I couldn't take off any days to stay in Chicago longer. Like I, I went back to Chicago the weekend before mm-hmm. and I was at the, you know, I was working at, at, at the day job waiting tables and I just remember thinking like, you know, what am I, what am I doing wrong? Like, I, I don't understand this. Like, yeah. It's been, I've been, I was at that day job for eight years. I put in eight years waiting tables at, at Cipriani and I'm eternally grateful that I had that job and it sustained me and it, and it, and it was that base income that I had to be able to invest back in myself. And I had, I had wonderful bosses who would give me off when I booked acting gigs and they wouldn't give me any, any crap about it. Um, but that, at that point in time, that day, in, in September of 2017, I remember around 1.30 p.m. on Thursday, I looked up at the ceiling in my in my job, and I was I lit, my prayer was literally, God, please get me the f out of this job. Like I was like, he's like, say less. <laughs> yeah, and uh, two hours later is when my uh, when 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 Nicole, my manager, called me, and. Uh, she said, I have good news. And in my head, I'm thinking, right, because when I laid the, sometimes you lay down an, an audition, right? It was a self-tape. Yeah. And ironically, you know, the, our whole industry now has turned to completely gone self-tape. But um, all the major roles that I've booked in, like, the last two years have mm-hmm. been via self-tape. I yeah. booked very few things from actually going into the room. They're all self-tape. So, anyway, I laid down that self-tape for Equalizer, and there's actually my second self-tape, but it was a different, I auditioned for a different role initially. So when they circled back, when I when I ended up getting an audition for this bigger role, um, you know, I didn't really think I was going to book it. Right. I, I looked at audition itself as a victory, right? I was like, this this big office, Betty May Casting is seeing me for the second time for a different role for the same movie, and this is winning in my mind, right? I'm like, this is winning. 
And, and, and that, to me, at that point in time was a big, you know, that was a, to me, that was a kind of a, a, a pat on the back, right? It's kind of like this kind of emotional pat on the back that like, hey, you're doing good because this big office is seeing you again, right? Right. Uh, and I didn't really have an expectation of booking. I just wanted to do the best work that I possibly could. The audition came in. I laid it down like two hours later. Uh, I got it into them super fast. Uh, and I kind of let it go. I didn't, I didn't really think anything was going to come of it. So when Cole called me and told me it was good news, I was thinking that, you know, they were going to bring me back for another episode of sneaky Pete, which I had just worked on. And she was like, no, you're going to be working with Denzel Washington. And I collapsed prayer answered, you know? Yes. He's like, Oh, that was quick. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't. And and this is one thing that I've, I've told people before that sometimes you've laid the foundation for your success years ago over time absolutely yeah yeah you, you just don't know it yet absolutely yes the foundation has been laid and you've been building but you don't realize how how close you are it's it's kind of like that idea of like you know digging for gold and stopping an inch before you hit before so, you hit it you hit the vein you know uh and that's the thing is like a lot of times your foundation for success is laid when when you're in the very early stages of what you are doing mm-hmm. uh, and your lessons are learned then and you continue to build so for me it was just like uh, why was i why was i able to book that role well because i i had audition i probably auditioned with confidence i made a, i made a, a very very odd you know i made a character decision um and i was able to do it quickly because i i had to get it off quickly yeah uh and these are all things, these are all skills that I had developed years before. Right. And right. then it came to that to that to that opportunity to use all the skills in one fell swoop and it and it came together. And it's kind of like, yeah, it is it is right place, right time, but you made yourself the right person. Yeah, it's like that whole my mom, she says to me a lot, she's like, You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's that whole thing of like you know, the, 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 the term overnight success, it's funny because when you think about it, it's like overnight success for a lot of us is not overnight. We work during the night and, you know, that's when people are not looking at us or looking past us because it's like, well, you haven't popped off yet. So therefore there's no reason for me to really focus on you. Meanwhile, you're focused on your work. You're focused on, you know, quote, quote, your craft, you're doing your thing. And then, then you pop up or you book something and it's like, people are like, oh, damn, overnight success. And it's like, no, I've been working all this time. I've been grinding all this time. This is whether or not where your focus was because I was focused and this is why I got to where I am. Um, And I think, you know, you're, 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 you're symbolic of that. And um, I think it's safe to say I am too. And it's like. I think you're you're always a reflection of the company you keep. You know what I'm saying? You're always a reflection of the company you keep. And I'm always grateful to be in a company of um, hard workers. And it's like, you know, you don't throw in a towel immediately. You're you're constantly working and grinding. And um, you're just always working to be better as an individual more than anything else. You're looking to improve yourself before you are seeking the approval of other people. So it's like, 
improving. Well, there, there is no, there is no throwing in the towel. It's either you're going to carry me out or that's going to be it. And the, I think the key, what you just said is that's really the key, right? It's yeah. like you, it's not about living your, living your life with approval of others is a surefire way to be miserable. Go off. Absolutely. That, that, that's why, that's why you hear about these stories of, of celebrities that you think are, are uber successful, but literally they're miserable yeah. because the, the, the success the money, the the notoriety, the fame, the the magazine covers. Yeah, it's it it doesn't really mean anything because it's other people's. It's other people's. Yes, of, of other people's perception of you. Yep. Right. You you're the one who has to contend with you, and you're the one who has to be content with what you see in the mirror. Absolutely, self love, man. You don't. Not, you know, just just because you, you also hear about people, you know, that don't have any type of balance in their lives, you know, like their work life balance is like, you know, atrocious where they're like, oh, I, you know, you work. But usually people that are addicted to, to working or whatever, it's it usually allows them to distract themselves from other areas that need work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's an excuse to do so. And, yeah. And, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with hard work, but you need balance. You know, you need you need to be spiritually connected. You need to be emotionally uh, balanced. You need yeah. you need to be physically uh, well off. Right. You can't just you can't just neglect aspects of your life and uh, in in pursuit of your goal. I think I I've, I've always felt that like you there can be a balance. Right? Yeah. There, you can you can pursue your goal very very actively, but you can still take care of you, and you can still be a good human, and you can still treat people with respect and you can still climb the ladder, uh, in a way that you can be proud and that you can look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who have climbed the ladder and they've done so in unscrupulous ways and you know what, bless their hearts, but that's just not my jam. That's not how I function. It's not your vibe. <laughs> and, and truth is if, if that, if, if making it to the quote unquote top of the layer cake involves having to basically do something that you aren't happy with or something that doesn't sit right with you or something that you know is morally and ethically wrong. Yeah. Uh, and you decide to pull the trigger on that, then you have to face that. Absolutely. You know? for, me, for me, that's not, I, I, I know why I'm here. I know what I'm doing. And it's kind of like that, that quote from Muhammad Ali. I like, what is it? What does he say? I'm free to be what I want. Mm -hmm. And, and that goes every which way. But for me in my career, and I hope for those around me that are in my circle, they they take pride in the fact that they're doing it in in a way that uh, it should it should be done right with with their talent and their hard work and integrity. Yeah, they're, and, and done with integrity, hundred percent. Amen, dude. Well. Man, <laughs> guys, see, this is what I'm talking about. And um, again, Kaz, thank you for sharing this space with me today. And, you know, obviously sharing your stories, sharing your grind, sharing your your growth um, with me and all the listeners, because I think it's dope. And, you know, I, I reiterate this again. It's important to, one, be in a space of seeing yourself in a way that you value before the rest of the world, but also too, it goes a long way to be around people 
that you value and that value you. Um, it's, it's, you know, success is a weird journey and sometimes it can feel lonely, but I can promise you if you are around successful people, you guys always seem to find each other. And, um, the more you work on yourself to be better, that's already success in itself. And, uh, you have to trust that you have to trust that and who you work to be and how you work on yourself works in the world in a very mysterious way. And, you know, those things come about usually when you're not looking, when you're just doing your thing. So, if there's anything you take from this uh, today's podcast episode is like, you know, Kazi's living proof and um, still has his heart and head intact. So don't give up. Keep grinding. Keep fighting. And the, the heart, maybe, but the head, I don't know. This <laughs> a little screwy. <laughs> a little screwy. Well, it's 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 kind of hanging on by a thread, but nonetheless, it's still there. So. Uh, yeah, Kazi, thank you for coming on today. And like I said, for being my big brother and um, a driving force for me, but also, you know, being a, a, a impact and a ripple effect for a lot of people in the world um, just by being you, my guy. And uh, tell Mama Kazi I love her and um, I hope she's doing well. Absolutely. Guys, check out the Equalizer TV show um, after. That's the only reason why I'm going to watch the Super Bowl now is to check out the Equalizer. So you can check out the Equalizer 2. You could also check out John Wick and the Equalizer TV show. Kazi is in the mix and um, Dolomite Standing 8. Yes. Yes. Check out Standing 8 on Amazon. Um, and yeah, just get familiar with this guy because uh, he's going to be making himself comfortable on your TV screens and that's just what it is. <laughs> All right guys, so uh yeah, take care of yourselves, take care of each other and take flight.